Isaac. As we saw earlier, Isaac means laughter. As the Lord himself said later in the Holy Gospels, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. Indeed, the birth of Isaac fulfilled the promise that the Messiah would come out of the loins of Abraham. And already we see in the life of Isaac, particularly in the sacrifice which Abraham made of him, a striking resemblance to the life of our blessed Lord. As we mentioned earlier, that when Abraham sacrificed Isaac, he called the name of the place, The Lord Seeth. Thereupon, even to this day, it is said, In the mountain, the Lord will see. And the mountain, in fact, in where Abraham sacrificed Isaac was Mount Moriah, that elevation which now is situate in the city of Jerusalem, upon which Solomon was to build the temple, which was to be the holy place of the Lord and the only place where the Lord would accept sacrifices from his chosen people. And also, a spur of that mountain of Mount Moriah is Mount Calvary, where, of course, our blessed Lord died for the salvation of all mankind. From illustrations of this great event, we can be very often misled. Very often the, the sacrifice of Isaac is shown in books of children's Bible histories and Isaac is represented as a little boy. But if we look at the scriptures more closely, we can see that it would have been, of course, quite impossible for a little boy to carry the wood of the sacrifice up the mountain. Isaac was, in fact, by this stage, a grown man. He was able to carry the wood, and he was a willing sacrifice, willingly accepting to be a give up his life in submission to the divine commandment. So the sacrifice of Isaac is glorious from the point of view of Abraham. It's also glorious from the point of view of himself. And of this, in this respect also, he becomes a wonderful and magnificent symbol of our blessed Lord who carried his own cross up that same mountain and who also willingly submitted himself to the will of his heavenly Father and accepted the death of the cross for the salvation of us all. The life of Isaac is much simpler, far less complicated than the life of his father Abraham or the life of his sons Esau and Jacob, whom we will consider shortly. Towards the end of his life, Abraham insisted that Isaac should not be married to any of the Canaanite women round about, but rather he sent his servants to return home to the land of his fathers and there to find a wife for his son. 
And so the servant faithfully set out and went back to the to the land of uh, Haran in order to find the family of Abraham. And in this respect, he was led by Almighty God. When he got to the city of Nacor, Abraham's brother, he wondered how he would find the wife which God would will for Isaac. And so the Bible tells us in this charming relation, he set out forwards and went on to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nacor. And when he had made the camels lie down without the town, near a well of water in the evening, at the time when women are wont to come out to draw water, he said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, meet me today, I beseech thee, and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I stand nigh the spring of water, and the daughters of the inhabitants of the city will come out to draw water. Now therefore, the maid to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, that I may drink. And she shall answer, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let it be the same whom thou hast provided for thy servant Isaac. And by this I shall understand that thou hast shown kindness to my master. Well, indeed, he had not yet ended these words within himself than Rebekah, who was the daughter of Bathuel, who, who, who was the nephew of Abraham, came out to draw water and fulfilled exactly a, uh, as anticipated by Abraham's servant. She took uh, the servant back to her father's house and when he related all the things and the wonderful things that had happened and how he had been sent by Abraham, her father, Bathuel, and her brother, Laban, agreed that she should become the wife of Isaac. And so she was taken home. And as she approached, at the same time, Isaac was walking along the way to the well, which is called of the living and the seeing for he dwelt in the south country. And he was gone forth to meditate in the field, the day being now well spent. And when he had lifted up his eyes, he saw camels coming afar off. Rebekah also, when she saw Isaac, lighted off the camel and said to the servant, Who is that man who cometh towards us along the field? And he said to her, That man is my master. And she quickly took her cloak and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac, all that he had done, who brought her into the tent of Sarah his mother and took her to wife. And he loved her so much that it moderated the sorrow which was occasioned by his mother's death. Isaac and Rebekah waited a long time before children were born to them, just as had Abraham and Sarah. Eventually, two sons were born to them, twins, Esau and Jacob, Esau having been born the first. And when they were grown up, Esau became a skillful hunter and a husbandman, but Jacob, a plain man, dwelt in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his hunting, and Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob boiled pottage, 
to whom Esau, coming faint out of the field, said, Give me of this red pottage, for I am exceeding faint. For which reason his name was called Edom. And Jacob said to him, Sell me thy first birthright. He answered, Lo, I die. What will the first birthright avail me? Jacob said, Swear therefore to me. Esau swore to him, and sold his first birthright. And so taking bread and the pottage of lentils he ate and drank, and went his way, making little account of having sold his first birthright. In these two men we see two completely different characters. We see how Esau was the manly man, the skillful hunter, loved by his father. And Jacob, the quiet man, who was loved by his mother. And one day we hear this incident where Esau, coming back from a hard day's work, from a hard day's hunting, comes back and finds a quiet boy at home cooking, making a mess of pottage. We can see how these two men are so completely opposite from each other. One outgoing and physical, and the other inward, and sadly to say, even scheming. Because Esau here shows his weakness and his readiness to give in to his passions. He shows little regard for his birthright. And we must consider here the birthright not merely as, a, uh, as receiving a, the largest part of Isaac's temporal possessions. But here, before the priesthood was established by Almighty God, the firstborn was, in fact, the priest, and therefore he was called by God to a vocation. And in this case, to be the head of the chosen family of Almighty God. Esau shows little care and little regard for this. And see what he says, What will the first birthright avail me? I'm fearing hungry, therefore give me some of the food. Esau, therefore, shows himself to be unworthy of the great vocation to which he has been called. Jacob, on the other hand, jealous of Esau, wishes to obtain that birthright, wishes to obtain the preeminence. And he takes advantage of Esau's weakness in order to obtain the birthright from him. And to make sure that this is no idle conversation, he makes Esau swear to renounce this. And foolishly, Esau does so. Eats, drinks, and goes his way, making little account of having sold his birthright. No doubt he forgot about the entire incident. He forgot about all of his foolishness. There again, as Abraham had gone to great lengths in order to make a good marriage for his son Isaac among people who would be pleasing to Almighty God, Esau marries among the pagans. He has little concern for the things of eternity. And so the fateful day came when Isaac was old and it was time to transfer the birthright to his eldest son. 
Now Isaac was old, and his eyes were dim, and he could not see. And he called Esau his elder son, and said to him, My son? And he answered, Here I am. And his father said to him, Thou seest that I am old, and know not the day of my death. Take thy arms, thy quiver, and bow, and go abroad. And when thou hast taken something by hunting, make me savoury meat thereof, as thou knowest I like, and bring it that I may eat, and my soul may bless thee before I die. And when Rebekah had heard this, and he was gone into the field to fulfil his father's commandment, she said to her son Jacob, I heard thy father talking with Esau thy brother, and saying to him, Bring me of thy hunting, and make me meat, that I may eat, and bless thee in the sight of the Lord before I die. Now therefore, my son, follow my counsel, and go thy way to the flock. Bring me two kids of the best, that I may make of them meat for thy father, such as he gladly eateth. Which when thou hast brought in, and hast eaten, he may bless thee before he die. And he answered her, Thou knowest that Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I am smooth. If my father shall feel me and perceive it, I fear lest he will think I would have mocked him, and I shall bring upon me a curse rather than a blessing. And his mother said to him, Upon me be this curse, my son. Only hear thou my voice, and go, fetch me the things which I have said. He went and brought and gave them to his mother. She dressed meats such as she knew his father liked. And she put on him very good garments of Esau, which she had at home with her. And the little skins of the kids she put around his hands and covered the bare of his neck. And she gave him the savoury meat and delivered him bread that she had baked. Which when he had carried in, he said, My father? And he answered, I hear, Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done as thou hast commanded me. Arise, sit, and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said to his son, How couldst thou find it so quickly, my son? He answered, It was the will of God that, I sought, that what I sought came quickly in my way. And Isaac said, Come hither, that I may feel thee, my son, and may prove whether thou be my son Esau or not. He came near to his father, and when he had felt him, Isaac said, The voice indeed is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he knew him not, because his hairy hands made him like to the elder. Then blessing him, he said, Art thou my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, Bring me the meats of thy hunting, my son, that my soul may bless thee. And when they were brought and he had eaten, he offered him wine also, which after he had drunk he said to him, Come near me and give me a kiss, my son. He came near and kissed him. And immediately as he smelled the fragrant smell of his garments, blessing him, he said, Behold, the smell of my son is as the smell of a plentiful field which the Lord hath blessed. God give thee the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth, abundance of corn and wine, and let people serve thee and tribes worship thee. Be thou Lord of thy brethren, and let thy mother's children bow down before thee. 
Cursed be he that curseth thee, and let him that blesseth thee be filled with blessings. Isaac had scarce ended his words, when Jacob, being now gone out abroad, Esau came, and brought into his father meats made of what he had taken in hunting, saying, Arise, my father, and eat of thy son's venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said to him, Why, who art thou? He answered, I am thy firstborn, Esau. Isaac was struck with fear and astonished exceedingly, and wondering beyond what can be believed, said, Who is he then, that even now brought me venison, and he had ta- that he had taken, and I ate of all before thou camest? And I have blessed him, and he shall be blessed. Esau, having heard his father's words, roared out with a great cry, and being in a great consternation, said, Bless me also, my father. And he said, Thy brother came deceitfully, and got thy blessing. And he said again, Rightly is his name called Jacob, which means supplanter, for he has supplanted me, lo, this second time. My first birthright he took away before, and now this second time he has stolen away my blessing. And again he said to his father, Hast thou not reserved me also a blessing? Isaac answered, I have appointed him thy Lord, and have made all his brethren thy servants. I have established him with corn and wine, and after this, what shall I do more for thee, my son? And Esau said to him, Hast thou only one blessing, father? I beseech thee, bless me also. And when he wept with a loud cry, Isaac, being moved, said to him, In the fat of the earth, and in the dew of heaven from above, shall thy blessing be. Thou shalt live by the sword, and serve thy brother. And the time shall come, when thou shalt shake off, and loose his yoke from thy neck. In this tragic story, we see how Esau, through all of his foolishness, lost his first birthright. This story is hardly complimentary to his brother, Jacob. But in it, we can see how God turns evil to good. This dreadful act of deceit, which brought the inheritance and the blessing to Jacob, is not to be approved of by us. And we've got to see in the Bible not so much a book of edification, but rather a book of history, a book of um, God's dealings with mankind and mankind's dealings with man as it unfolded. Some of the fathers of the church have attempted to excuse uh, Jacob by saying that he was acting under a special inspiration of God. This interpretation, of course, is not contrary to the faith and has been generally accepted at certain times in the church's history. But I don't think that it's necessary for us to go so far in explaining away the deceit of Esau and the wiles of his mother, Rebekah. Many things in life are bad in themselves, 
Almighty God turns them to good. Even his own passion and death, that in itself, turned out to be, a, uh, to, to be the means of the salvation of the world. And similarly here, I think in this instance, we can see how Esau was in fact, sadly, unworthy of the great vocation to which he had been called. And that it was, in fact, appropriate that Jacob, who would, as we see, and and events unfolding in his life, would pay for, a, uh, for the negative aspects of his character, would eventually be purified and become a worthy subject of God. Since Isaac, in fact, led a virtuous life, there is very little to be said about him. As is so often the case with those who have led good and perfect lives, who have not led lives of sin, who have not done anything sensational, who have lived lives which are quiet and retired and self-effaced. Such have been the characteristics of all the great saints of God. Although much less striking than his father Abraham and his son Jacob, yet in his manner of life, always quiet, gentle, guileless, faithful to God's guidance. He was ever the worthy heir and the transmitter of the glorious promises made to Abraham. He was truly a man of peace and the fitting type of the Prince of Peace, whose great sacrifice on Mount Calvary was foreshadowed by Isaac's obedience unto death on Mount Moriah.